0: This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers.
1: Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, a Wednesday show for you. Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN NBA analyst, will join us. We will talk some NBA hot stove. Mitchell to the Knicks, where does that put them in the East if they do get him? Durant, what's going on with him in the Nets? So uh, we'll discuss that and a lot more with JVT coming up. Uh, It's one of those days you log into your BetRivers app, go to BetRivers.com. Usually there's a million games to bet on. Not today. There is one, count it, one WNBA game. And I don't understand this from the WNBA, a league that is not popular, that doesn't do well with ratings, doesn't do well with revenue. You have the whole sports landscape to yourself today. No baseball. Football hasn't started yet. You got nothing going on. Summer League is over. You know Wimbledon's over. There's nothing going on. Put a bunch of WNBA games on today. There's one WNBA game, Seattle-Chicago. I can promise you this. That's going to be the most bet WNBA game of the year. Um, the handle on that's going to be ridiculous, just people looking to bet. Uh, to me, total missed opportunity. Whoever makes the schedule for the WNBA, terrible job there. I mean, how do you not put more games on? Like People want something to watch, something to bet. This would be your time to to get some attention. So only one game there. But if you do go to betrivers.com, the BetRivers app, there is something interesting that I came across Major League Baseball, and we'll get to the All Star Game here in a minute. Just spend a few minutes on that as Stanton wins the MVP. The American League wins the game three to two. Well pitched game stays under. Uh, odds to make the playoffs. I thought these were interesting. You can get the Orioles at Bet Rivers eleven to one to make the playoffs. Remember now, there's an extra wild card team. The Red Sox have not played well. The Red Sox have not pitched well. Sale broke his hand, so there's some opportunity. The Orioles have been red hot. Uh, if you're looking for just a little action, eleven to one to make the playoffs. Uh, at bet rivers for the orioles is one that i thought was interesting and also toronto they're a little like the padres last year remember everyone just assumed the padres were going to turn it on everyone assumed tatis was going to you know just win mvp and then eventually uh i think everyone just kind of came to the the realization it wasn't going to happen and the Padres had a terrible finish of the season. Didn't even come close to making the playoffs. I think they finished under 500. To me, the Blue Jays, it's not that extreme, but their pitching's been a disaster. They haven't gotten anything close to what they've expected out of Rio, out of Barrios. Uh, their pitching, Kikuchi's been a disaster. So to me, the Blue Jays, you can get them plus 375 to miss the playoffs. Uh, those are good bets to me. Blue Jays plus 375 to miss the playoffs. Orioles 11 1 to make the playoffs, as BetRivers.com has uh, a bunch of options here obviously all of their awards are up odds to win the world series Yankees down to plus 375 to win the world series man uh co-favorites with the Dodgers so uh odds to make the playoffs are, are an interesting market I really like the Orioles 11 to 1 just as a you know a lottery ticket kind of a bet and then Blue Jays plus 375 I think that is a very good bet uh if you can get plus 375 which you can here bet rivers on the Blue Jays to miss the playoffs As like I said, the Red Sox haven't played well. The Mariners have played well. The Orioles have played well. So it's going to be fascinating. The two fascinating races down the stretch here. Obviously, the NL East with the Mets and the Braves, and we should mention DeGrom. uh, You don't know how to look at it here. He he had some discomfort in his shoulder. And I, I guess they pushed his simulation game, simulated game, back to Thursday. Played catch Monday and Tuesday with no issue, but they just wanted to be cautious. I mean, you could look at it and say no big deal that he's pitching Thursday. It's not a big deal. But you could look at it the other way and say, hey, here we go again. I mean, at some point, this guy's got to actually pitch in Major League Baseball games. I mean, it's just rehab games and simulated games. It's just it's bullpens. It's, you know, playing catch at some point. uh, And I know Mets fans get annoyed with this. But, I mean, if you swapped DeGrom and Cole, and everyone says DeGrom is better than Cole. If you swap DeGrom and Cole, if you put Cole on the Mets instead of DeGrom, Mets are probably up. Eight nine games, seven eight nine games, something like that. That's just I, that's that's how it is. I mean, when they're both healthy and they pitch, yeah, Degrom's been better, especially the last couple of years. But pitching, I mean, you can't be effective if you're not pitching. So uh, Cole takes the ball pretty much every five days for his whole career. Uh, Degrom has not pitched in over a year now. So uh, you just got to be fair, and I know that annoys Mets fans. They say Degroms. They like to mock Cole. You know, they like to mock Cole. They like to mock the contract. They like to mock. You know, he got bombed against Boston last year. They like to troll the Yankee fans. They like to troll Cole every time Devers hits a homer off him. But you got to be fair. If Cole was on the Mets instead of DeGrom, this is probably uh, a seven, eight game lead, something like that for uh, the Mets. So we'll see what happens with DeGrom. I'm supposed to pitch Thursday and simulate a game. Hopefully all things are good. All things are go. It sounds like it might take him out of the mix here for the Yankees and Mets coming up uh, in a week or so. It sounds like that's not going to be the case if he's going to pitch Thursday. So... Keep an eye on that. Hope for the best with DeGrom. But as I was saying, the two best races, Mets and Braves in the NL East, I think that'll come down to the wire. And then the whole AL wildcard, Orioles, Rays, Blue Jays, Mariners. Uh, it's just it's going to be a fun race. We'll see if some of these other teams on the fringe can hang around, whoever's losing in the AL Central. Uh, so you got a bunch of teams for a few spots. Those two races are the ones that are going to be fun to watch. Uh, Mets and Braves for the NL East, and then the whole – mess of the al wild card that could be a scenario like last year we had four or five teams come down to the last day remember it was the blue jays it was the mariners the yankees playing the rays the rays had won the division uh the red sox were playing the nationals and it was basically four teams for two spots so you have a similar situation this year where it's five or six teams for three spots uh with the yankees having clinched the division astro is going to win the west and uh then there's the battle for the Central between the White Sox, who are struggling all struggled all year but have the most talent, but they just can't seem to get right. The Twins hanging out for dear life. The Guardians hanging around. So should be a fun wild card race. I think Orioles, like I said, 11-1 to 1 to make the playoffs. Blue Jays plus 375 to miss are both interesting bets. Uh, somebody asked, I think it was Marley Rivera asked Judge yesterday, before we get to the All-Star game quickly, Marley Rivera asked Judge, she said, a little kid, you know, says you're her favorite player. What would you say to that little kid? And he's like, well, there's lots of other great players on the Yankees. I know people can take that as, you know, he's gone or take that and run with it. To me, they put him on the spot. He probably didn't give a great answer. You could say he he did give a good answer if he's trying to gain leverage and trying to make the Yankees think he's going to leave. Here's where I'm at with Judge. When when he leaves, I'll believe that when I see it. I just don't think the Yankees, with all of their unlimited resources, with all of their – you know, they're worth $7 billion. Are they really going to let this guy get away? I have a hard time believing that. So people can take that clip and – React to it, overreact to it. I still maintain that Judge will be back with the Yankees, although that was a uh, a strange clip, a strange quote, as Judge got put on the spot there uh, before the All-Star game. And like I said, the All-Star game stays under 3-2 to two final. The American League seems like the American League wins every year. I mean, I think this that's nine in a row for them, and it stays under every year. And that was one where if you bet the first five, you got uh, a tough break because all five runs were scored. Early on, a two-spot in the first as McClanahan was a little shaky. Gives up a bomb to Goldschmidt. Uh, Cunha, and Betts get base hits off him. So Nationally gets a quick two runs. Nothing in the second, nothing in the third. Then in the fourth for the Nationally, Gonsolin comes in. 0-2 splitter hung to Stanton who hits it a mile with a man on to tie it 2-2. Next batter is Buxton. Hits the ball out of the ballpark. It's 3-2. And that was it. So top of the fourth, one out, 3-2 game. Nobody scored the rest of the way, and you get that with these all-star games because the pitchers, like we talked about the past couple days, the pitchers come in, and uh, instead of having to pitch six or seven innings, they can just unload for one inning, throw as hard as they can for 15 pitches. Nobody wants to be Gonsolin and get bombed in front of the whole baseball world. So you got some good pitching performances. You got the best pitchers. Look, good pitching beats good hitting. We saw that last night as the game, like I said, stayed under. You went a while there with no runs. Holmes came in for the Yankees uh, from the Yankees and gave you a clean inning. Cortez pitched um so Stanton hits the home run he wins the MVP I was 15 to one to win the MVP at bet Rivers I actually I thought about taking Stanton before I saw the odds I was like Stanton is a guy I'm looking at but there were so many guys 60 to one 70 to1 80 to one even 100 to one that Stanton at 15 to one now look if I knew he was gonna win it yeah 15 to one is a great uh great return on your investment but I just thought there were so many guys like Soto and Freeman and Seeger that were 80 90 100 to one um that you know, picking a 15 to one. It's like in golf. If you're gonna take somebody to win it outright, it's so hard to win, might as well just go for the bomb. And uh, but congratulations to anyone who bet Stanton, Stanton wins the award. You could have given it to him or Buxton. I know people are saying, oh, it's a Yankee bias that Stanton won. It's I mean Stanton hit a two-run homer, Buxton hit a solo homer. You could have given it to either one. You could say Buxton hit the solo, so he hit the game winner, so he should have won it, but uh it wouldn't have been a game winner if Stanton didn't hit the two-run homer. So I actually thought classe, the closer for the Indians, the Guardians, I'm sorry, um had a chance to steal the award late because he came in, pitched the ninth in a one-run game, struck out all three guys, and did it on 10 pitches. Almost had an immaculate inning. He was just incredible. 100-mile-an-hour uh, cutters, just absolutely unhittable. I thought, man, maybe, you know, I wonder if he'll get a vote or two. I didn't think he'd actually win it. But uh, if anyone bet him at, like, I don't know, whatever he was, 200, 300 to 1, he comes in and pitches that kind of inning, you're saying, come on, vote vote for Klase. But he was incredible uh, as the American League wins again, nine in a row, uh, I do miss when they, two things, I miss when they played for home field advantage, even though it was stupid to do it, because it it puts some juice in the game, puts some intensity in the game, and also, I just, like, I, I talked about this yesterday, I miss when they wear their uniforms, they all, they have these stupid uniforms, where they all look, somebody on Twitter said, I forget who it was, it looks like a Vanderbilt InterSquad squad game, I mean, it looked like Vanderbilt was playing against Vanderbilt, that's exactly what it looked like, uh, you know, you like to see the Dodger uniform blend with the Yankee uniform, blend with the... You know, Blue Jay uniform with the Red Sox uniform. You like to see all the uniforms mixed together with the Road Mets uniform. You like to see all that blend together. And uh, I don't know, aesthetically, it wasn't as aesthetically pleasing to see uh, those uniforms last night. But the American League wins three to two, nine in a row for them. Game stays under uh, baseball. Nothing today, but they do come back tomorrow. It used to be. They get off till Friday with the All-Star break. But remember, the the season started later because of the lockout, so you're jamming a lot of baseball in. So we get a lot of baseball tomorrow. We get a lot of early baseball tomorrow. Yankees play a doubleheader in Houston. Uh, Then they have the Orioles. They have the Mets, which those games are just going to be absolutely so much fun. It's too bad DeGrom's not pitching for them uh, for those games because those games are just going to be so much fun. Yankees and Mets. Uh, the, look, the Yankees can come in here, and there's bragging rights, but for the Mets, they're in the middle of a pennant race, which it's really not fair because the Mets have to play the Yankees four games. The Braves don't have to play the Yankees at all, which is not fair to the Mets. It's really not, especially a race that could be divided by could be decided by a game or two or three. Uh, that's not really fair. Again, selfishly as a fan, I liked when they played six times. The fact that they're only playing four is disappointing, but it really is an unbalanced uh, scenario there where – uh, it's look, you wouldn't do that in football. Now, I guess in football, you have a first-place schedule, so you don't play all the same teams, but it's not supposed to be like this in baseball. Baseball, when you're in the same division, you're supposed to play the same team. So we'll see if that matters down the stretch, but those Yankees-Mets games here in a week or so are going to be a lot of fun. Yankees back tomorrow. Mets not back until Friday when they play the Padres. Uh, but coming up next, Jonathan Von Tobel, Mitchell, Durant, where do we stand? What can we bet that is next? This. Is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook? Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, BetRivers Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21 or older, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877 8HOPENY or text HopeNY. And he is back, host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast, co-host of The Edge, many more things at VEASAN. It is senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Vontobel, JVT. What's up, man?
0: I'm doing good. Um, you know, NBA is officially in the rearview mirror
1: now. Now that Summer League's over
0: and um, the offseason is here, and it's literally the offseason, doesn't sound like Kevin Durant's moving anytime soon. So maybe we get to relax when it comes to NBA stuff. You know what I mean? Although, uh, there was a report. I don't know if you saw it. The Wizards are... Getting ready to make a push for Kevin Durant, so. <laughs> well, in
1: New York, man. In New York, it's uh, boy, the hot stove. Whether it's Mitchell, whether it's Durant, it's uh, it's given us plenty of content. I guess we'll start with Mitchell. I'm just, I'm kind of operating under the assumption that this will get done. The Knicks are mm-hmm. motivated to do it. The Jazz are motivated to do it. I guess my question would be, at what price, if you're the Knicks, is too much where you say, you know what, we'll call back when your offer is more reasonable. We're not going to bid against ourselves here. So, I mean, I think it's
0: like now, right? Like when you, if you're in New York and you're thinking logically, you're not offering what the Utah Jazz want. The problem is it does not seem that the Knicks are thinking logically. And if you're the Utah Jazz, and you're Danny Ainge with uh, Donovan Mitchell under contract for three years. Um, you know, we got to talk to Tony Jones, who covers the Utah Jazz for The Athletic. Um, when we were down at Summer League, he was down at set with us, and he he used the line, Donovan Mitchell's not Ben Simmons, right? So if they don't chip off Donovan Mitchell, he'll play for the Utah Jazz. Um, and then the Jazz sit back and go, we got our Hall for Rudy Gobert. We'll just sit back and we'll play with Donovan Mitchell. Because remember, there are other teams who want Donovan Mitchell, right? The, the Miami Heat potentially want Donovan Mitchell. So if the New York Knicks, who seem very, very, sorry to use the D word, Knicks fans, desperate for a star of Mitchell's caliber, I would think that they're going to blink before the Utah Jazz blink because the Angel and the Jazz have no reason to blink. So, I'm logically, I think you're sitting back and going, We're not paying that price. Like, screw you, we're out. But I think the Knicks aren't really operating with that kind of logic. I think the Knicks have been thirsting for Donovan Mitchell for a long time. They made it obvious their intentions with Jalen Brunson, and I think they're doing the same here with uh, Donovan Mitchell, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, it's funny. I I totally agree with all that. I think if it's going to be a blinking contest, look, Ainge is a a swindler. He knows how to make a deal by what what we saw with Gobert and the Knicks. Look, if you're just handicapping that negotiation, you're going to favor the Jazz and Ainge. But I would say if I'm the Knicks, hey, the Jazz are just as motivated to get rid of Mitchell as we are to get him because they don't want to be in the middle. Ainge doesn't want to be the 11th seed. He wants to go all the way to the bottom, have a shot at wemi you know, you don't want to be in the middle here without Gobert. You're not really going to compete. I would think there's a little bit of the Knicks where I'm like, hey, I know you want to get rid of these guys. The Miami doesn't have the picks you want. You don't want Tyler Hero. You don't want – I mean, they don't have great picks. We have the picks you want.
0: I, I would I would agree with that. I do think – and this is uh, – people might think that this is a silly reason. And this is this is only going to last you for this season. But remember, too, that the All-Star game is in, is in Salt Lake City this year. And the one thing that I think would allow Danny Ainge to sit back for a year – you know, eat a year with Donovan Mitchell with some middling talent is this season where, okay, that's fine. We'll keep him on the roster. He'll play for us. We get our crowning jewel in terms of having Donovan Mitchell represent, you know, the Utah Jazz. at Salt Lake City in the All-Star game this year. And then we'll see what happens come next offseason where there's going to be more cap space for a lot of teams. More teams can now come to the dance floor and snatching up Donovan Mitchell. Um, And then that's the other part, too more teams might get better, and all of a sudden look around and go, hey, like let's get Donovan Mitchell. Let's let us kind of accelerate this process. We're a lot better than we expected. Uh, if we add a guy like that to the mix, maybe it pushes us over the top. And then all of a sudden, the Knicks are looking around with a lot more competitors than just the Miami Heat, which it seems that's uh, the only competitor at this point for Donovan Mitchell services. So, you know, like Charlotte's been kind of rumored to be a team that's like lurking in the back kind of sniffing around Donovan Mitchell. That's a team that I guess is kind of intriguing, although fun Mitchell. I mean, <laughs> that would be fun to watch from a basketball perspective, you know, Ball and Mitchell and all those young pieces. But I don't know how good that team is going to be. Uh, but I think that would be the thing. So we'll see. I mean, I think the Knicks also, the, they've been kind of showing their hand a little bit with all the moves they've been making, right? They, they've been acquiring these picks and doing everything they possibly can, I think, for this moment. So we'll see if they're not going to blink. I'd be I'd be proud of them if they don't blink at this point right now uh, because they all, they do seem like a team. If you talk to everybody, you know, Tim Bontemps was on Brian Windhorst's podcast, I think it was last week, and said, um, essentially along the lines of, we know this is going to get done. The Knicks are desperate. And in fact, uh, I know people in New York that would think it's a failure if he's not on the team in the next seven to 10 days. So, I mean, like, that's, that's pretty telling for somebody who's connected. So we'll see if that's going to be the case.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I would... Look, I would want him. I, I, I don't think it's black and white. I would want him in a price zone. It yep. wouldn't even be the number of picks where I would draw the line. I think it's just certain picks because some of these picks they have in the future are protected more lightly than others. So, um, again, if you get Mitchell, you want to have enough left over to get another star because I don't know. Let me ask you, let me put it this way Mitchell's on the team, Brunson's on the team. Over under, what seed are they? <laughs> I'm gonna set it at seven and a half and shade exactly it to the what under. I said it. You know what that's I mean?
0: Like the exact number I said the other day. Yep. Like it, it's because it, that's the thing too. I mean, because I agree would you with play, I would uh, play it under. Because <laughs> think about it too, especially if 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 everything we're looking at, if all the signs which are pointing to Brooklyn keeping Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and they actually play now, let's look at the Eastern Conference. It is Brooklyn, but in no particular order: Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Atlanta, Toronto, like we can keep going down the list of teams in the East, in the Eastern Conference, which I think rate higher than the New York Knicks, even with Donovan Mitchell out there. And again, if people keep bringing up how he's a dynamic offensive player. That's great. He's terrible on defense. And Jalen Brunson, this is an exaggeration, but is 5'11". You know what I mean? Like that's an undersized and poor defensive backcourt that might be worth it, I guess, if you're the Knicks, because you'll get more primetime games that put you back on Christmas. Because I think, what, they missed out on Christmas last year, if I remember correctly. Like, it'll be all fun and games. It was either last year or the year before. It was the year there's no Knicks on Christmas. But regardless, you'll get more primetime games. You can be the Knicks, you know, every once in a while. And you can dance out in the street when you split and you lose home court advantage to the Atlanta Hawks again in the first round of the playoffs. But at the end of the day, it's not really going to get you that far.
1: Yeah. So when you said under 7.5, it sounds like you mean over 7.5. yeah. Yeah, over, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, with you. Yeah. I said the exact same thing. The draft logic, yeah, uh, over no, seven and a half, yeah. Yeah, no, it gets confusing. Even teams like the Bulls, which everyone forgets about, and rightfully so. I mean, yep. would you take the Bulls or the Knicks? I don't know. That's a coin toss. And, you know, the Cavs of the world, you mentioned Atlanta, who I didn't love going all in for Murray, but that's still a, a pretty good team. Uh, Just went side by side by the Knicks. No, it's, it's not going to be that easy. And it, you're just kind of building yourself in, especially if you give up all your stuff. And now you're not really a contender. You don't really have enough to get the next guy. You could say, hey, well, now we're a destination because we have Mitchell, so the free agent's going to want to come here. Maybe. Uh, I'd be very skeptical. I'd be very careful about what I gave up and what I didn't give up. I know it's not sexy or fun, but look at what Denver's done. Look what Memphis has done. Just drafting, developing. You know what? It takes time. It takes patience. But if you do it well, and the Knicks have done it okay. I mean, they've gotten some decent players here in the draft. Uh, I would just, you know what, keep taking the long road, keep building, unless I, I got a deal that I thought was reasonable. Yeah, so two
0: things. One, to kind of add more teams to the mix of, of the Knicks competing with, uh, don't sleep on a team like Detroit. Detroit's going to be way better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I way better this year um, on top of all that. I'm glad you brought up Cleveland. Cleveland it has the potential to be a top-six team. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, Chicago, as you mentioned. And to, and to your point, and this is why I think, you know, uh, I always get teased on Twitter that I'm a Knicks hater. I think that we had a listener, I was on with um, Mitch and Paul, and they were asking me the same question, and we kind of did the same thing. Like, I don't know if they're getting the seventh seed. Um, and the guy was like, you go straight to Knicks hater mode. And it's like, it's not Knicks hater mode. It's just like, if that's the move they do. Like, that's the logical thing. And to your point, the big positive for New York, and this is one of the things I said multiple times, the thing that was bothering you about Thibodeau last year, turn it over to the young guys. Like, quickly, and um, uh, Quentin Grimes, who really showed out in the summer league, who looks like a really good player. Jericho Sims. Like, there's actually really solid young pieces that they have. Obi Toppin. Like, see what these guys have and develop them as opposed to running out the long of the tooth veteran lineups, right? Because they're actually doing a decent job of drafting intriguing young talent. So I think that's going to be interesting. And also, that's the other development, too, is when you talk about the package for Mitchell. Um, Quentin Grimes having the summer league that he did. Helps New York because maybe if you don't want to get off RJ Barrett, which it sounds like that's the case, and the Jazz prefer quickly, or excuse me, um, uh, Grimes over RJ Barrett, maybe that lessens the package of what you get because Grimes has a little bit more value. But regardless, uh, it's going to be intriguing to see. But I agree. I think they've done a good job of acquiring young talent, and I, I think you want to go in that direction. Like you said, there's plenty of evidence that shows you that that's the
1: case. Yeah, I think. Including quickly in the deal makes sense because how many you know he's small too. How many small guys can you have on one team? Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Jazz want Barrett. First of all, they want to tank, and I don't think they're going to want to pay him. Barrett's going to want to be a max guy. Do you want to give Barrett the max? I I mean, let me know where are you with Barrett because he's kind of I feel like a divisive player between analytics, you know, people and Knicks fans. So I don't know if that's a fair a fair argument. Where are you with Barrett? You know, is he. There aren't many ones in the league. Is he a two? Is he a three? Is he an all-star player? Where kind of are you with Barrett here? So I, I don't know. I, I, would, I would really push back on, I think, Max
0: guy. I don't think he's a Max guy uh, at, at he's all. Gonna don't he's going to want, want it. He's going to want it. I mean, they all want yeah. it, right? <laughs> I don't think he's going to get that, though. Um, look, Barrett's – I think Barrett's good. I don't think he's going to be, like, consistent all-star guy. I mean – consistency is the right word, too. This guy's three-point shot has been all over the place. You don't know where he's at from a shooting standpoint. I think he's got his flashes, you know, when it comes to getting aggressive and getting to the rim, doing all that kind of stuff. There's things that you like about R.J. Barrett, but at the same time, with the three-point shot, like waxing and waning, you have no idea where that's at. I think defensively, he's really solid, but provides, you know, there's moments where it's not that great. I just think you don't really know what Barrett is, and that that proves like, what his value is. And to your point, that's part of the reason why his value is not that great, because he's coming up on extension time, and there's not that many people who are going to want to extend him and pay him whatever that money is going to be, and that diminishes his value, which is why the young guys provide a little bit more. So it does seem – I don't know if you saw this. It was like two weeks ago. Um, one of the big conversation topics has been, since this Donovan Mitchell thing has come about is, who is the better like prospect or who is the better piece moving forward, Tyler Hero or R.J. Barrett? Because they have both been intrinsically linked because you know both teams want Donovan Mitchell. Both guys have been named in trade packages. And the league is split like down the middle, whether it's Tyler Hero or R.J. Barrett. We talked to people out here in the summer league uh, about that, and it was split on who we talked to, R.J. Barrett versus Tyler Hero. And that, I think that just speaks to it. Hero, or excuse me, Hero, well, Barrett as well, is just an unknown, and that I think speaks to his value as well.
1: Um, when it's all said and done, will Ainge have gotten more back for Gobert or Mitchell? Oh, I think it's Mitchell. I would say Mitchell. And it depends on how you
0: gauge, like, the players that they get back potentially to. But I think Danny Ainge, you said it. Like, Ainge, whatever he did in terms of sacrificing little babies to get, like, the gift of gab that he's got to get these teams to give up everything, you know, um, he's done it all the way since his days back in Boston. Uh, this is what he does. And there is no doubt that when you factor in the marketability, the star power of a guy like Donovan Mitchell on top of his impact, um, that I think he is going to get what he wants when it comes to Donovan Mitchell. Whether it be this offseason or the next, there's going to be a team that is going to give that up.
1: Yeah, I think I would still go with Gobert, which is crazy because Mitchell's younger. Mitchell's better. I think Gobert's going to fetch more. I don't know that you can match. I don't know that you can exceed that Gobert package. I mean, they got... First of all, they took no negative money back, and they mm-hmm. got players that they can swing uh, in terms of, like, Beverly. They like, got guys they can turn Make into easy. more assets. Yep.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah no, so you're he's... right. I, like, I just think, like, again, so it just depends on how you view guys. Like, if you're getting, let's say you get, like, let's see, four first-round picks, Quentin Grimes and Obi Toppin, right? How do you value that when you have two potential young building blocks and four first-round picks, to what the Minnesota Timberwolves got, which is some assets to flip, like a bunch of draft picks and some assets to flip, but no real true, like, young building stone to move forward. I know they got their last two first-round selections in terms of players, but you don't really know what those guys are. You know what I mean? So we'll we'll see if that's the case. Like, is it going to be what the Minnesota Timberwolves gave up, which is, what, four players and five first-round picks, essentially? I I don't know if it's going to be that degree, but if it's, like, two solid building blocks and three to, like, four first-round selections – uh, with very limited protections. I think that's something that's probably on par with what Rudy Gobert got. Uh,
1: Durant, what's what's the next news we hear? Will we hear, you know what, uh, he's backed off the trade demand. I, it feels like we can't just be in limbo forever. I've been adamant he's staying, that none of these deals really make sense. Where are you kind of at here with Durant?
0: I think we're going to get the news that he's staying. It yeah. just it, it just seems that way. Unless... So unless a team like New Orleans is going to get the idea, like I was listening to um, Zach Lowe's podcast the other day, and he brought this up where, you know, now that this is kind of settled, you're going to get teams who are on the fringes to maybe start to have these conversations and, and test the waters to see if Durant is interested, right? And I think one of those teams on the fringes would be a team like New Orleans. I think New Orleans has a really interesting package. New Orleans has a Brandon Ingram. New Orleans has plenty of assets to ship off. They also have some young pieces to include in a package like that. And maybe you see a team like New Orleans, maybe like make a phone call, test the waters with Durant to see how interested he would be in joining their core. And like maybe that's a team that steps up and like sneaks in, like, I don't know where. What was it that year with Cliff Lee, right? Where there was that the mystery team uh, when he was yeah. with free agency and all of a sudden he's gone? The Phillies. Uh, yeah, the Phillies. Texas. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think like that's one of the things that is going to be pretty interesting. But I think ultimately it leads to him staying. I mean, like you said, there's nothing really out there. And if, if you really look at Brooklyn, like if, if the Nets are actually serious, you're bringing him in and looking around and going, dude, like look, look at our team. If you stick around and Kyrie actually buys into this, we're not going to be that bad, bro. Like we've got you, we've got Kyrie. If we get Ben Simmons back on track in terms of his all defensive level play and him as a point guard, you, we're going to be pretty solid. But we need you to kind of buy into this and, and carry us and help us carry us to how good we can be. I mean, ultimately, we talk about packages and also like championship ability. I think the Nets are his best option, too.
1: Yeah. Have you bet accordingly? Have you taken any stabs on Nets Futures? It's now 20 to 1 at Bet Rivers. I was telling people, hey, 28 to 1, 35 to 1, just take this, put it in your pocket. Uh, at 20 to 1, is this bettable? Is there anything you've done here with Nets Futures?
0: No, I haven't. I, like, I think last time we talked to you, like I said, I took that Toronto 50 to 1, so I got that, but. Uh, Now, I think that's, to your point, if you're getting 18, 20 to 1, that is something that's worth grabbing. And, and like, I will say this. Let's say the news comes out, like, tomorrow that he's sticking around. Given the fickle nature of Kyrie and given his injury history, Kevin Durant, and the fact that he hasn't really been healthy throughout these entire regular seasons, you do wonder how much of an adjustment that is. But it should be a better price than what is out there right – or a shorter price than what is out there right now, right? In the range of 18 to 20 to 1, that should be more like 10 to 1 at the worst for the Brooklyn Nets.
1: It's exactly what i said you're listening to the pod you're uh <laughs> you're, you're copying off my paper um it's funny because i've been saying the nets are undervalued 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 i said the same the exact opposite all last year i mean they were seven to one like the short shot all year pretty yeah. much co short shot and it's like they were headed for the playing game they were clearly going to be a playing team you had to win a playing game a first round second round third round in a finals just to cash it to me that price made no sense and this price makes no sense they're going to have to rant most likely i would put it and mean, let me ask you Percentage they're going to have Durant. I'd say 90%. What do you think? Uh, I think 90's high. I'd probably set it
0: at like, you know, 70-ish, 75, uh, but still yeah. up there. You know what I mean? Like still obviously the odds on favor to do so. It's just, again, you just don't know what some of these teams, like like the Pelicans, They not that they're desperate, but a core of Zion Williamson, Kevin Durant, CJ McCollum, and Jonas Valanciunas along with whatever young pieces they can keep. At, in the Western Conference, that's if everything hits right, that's a top four seed in the Western Conference potentially. If Zion Williamson stays healthy, you never know if the a team like the Pelicans gets a little froggy and it's like, you know what, let's pull the trigger. You know what I mean? Uh, but I would, so I'd set it like seventy-seven. Oh, I'll say seventy-seven point two percent. How about that? That's exactly what I'll say.
1: That's perfect. Um, <laughs> if you're the Nets, would you do that though? Ingram Jones picks. That's a reasonable package. I'd have to think about it. But this is Kevin Durant. I don't have my picks. You know, I have some swaps here with Houston, but. I don't have my picks. I'm going to have the Pelicans' picks, but Durant's going to be on the team, so they're not going to be any good. Is that enough for you if you're the Nets?
0: Well, I think it it, it depends on those picks too, right? Because remember, they have those Lakers' picks as well. That, that I think only assets. one now. I think it's down to yeah. one. So maybe if you get that along with it. Um, but look, if, you, like, if you're the Nets and you're sitting around and thinking that this is an unrepairable relationship, I mean, I if you're talking about from their perspective, getting some draft assets, Brandon Ingram, along with the core that they would still have, I mean, it's not the worst core in the world to be working with. Um, but like, if you're going to ship them off, this is the reason why these packages have been the way that they are. If you're really dead set on shipping them off, and if that's the case in this scenario, I mean, you don't have a lot of leverage, right? So you're kind of looking around for the best package that'd be available. I mean, you're kind of selling on, you know, not pennies on the dollar, but you know, quarters on the dollar, whatever it is. And that's, I think the danger of why we're here at this point in this like kind of lockdown mode.
1: Yeah. I think your leverage, if you're the Nets is he's 33, he's going to be 34, which People always do that. Like, hey, a guy is like 29, be like, well, he's 30 next year. Yeah, that's how ages work. He's 29 right now. He's 30 next year. People always mm-hmm. say that drives me nuts. So I just did it. But look, he's 33. He's on a four year deal. He's un- essentially under a lifetime contract with the Nets. He doesn't seem like a guy that's going to shut it down. You know, hey, if you don't trade me, I'm not playing. That doesn't seem like him. Plus, like, he would just not be playing the rest of his career if he really played that out. So right. to me, the Nets kind of have the leverage here in that, you know, in his age and the fact that he's under contract for four more years.
0: Yeah, I mean, potentially, but if, like, if I'm a team that's dealing for him, right, and the Nets say that, I'm like, all right, well, he's stuck on your contract. He doesn't want to play for you. So if you don't want to talk about this package, then I'll see you later. And the rest of the league will look around and compete, and you'll have to deal with that forest fire throughout the entire year, however that works out.
1: Right, yeah. It's just you, you wonder in terms of we talked about Ainge versus the Knicks in terms of the game of chicken. I wonder with the Nets, you know, how unhappy is he? Could they iron not out? That's the other thing. We don't really know what he's unhappy about. It's kind of unclear well, maybe it's Kyrie, maybe it's this. We don't really know. He hasn't spoken. There hasn't been a lot of clarity on what sort of he's annoyed. I even texted Ian Eagle, uh, and I was like, hey, what's he annoyed about? Do you know? And He's like, well, I, I, nobody knows. So who knows?
0: It's weird because you've, you've heard conflicting reports, right? You've heard that he was unhappy with the way the Nets treated Kyrie, thought they didn't do enough to understand him. There's other stuff trickling out that maybe he's actually unhappy with Kyrie, but then you hear that they're willing to play together still. Like, I, I got no idea. And also, I mean, the sign – The sign that this is also going to move forward with them in terms of Brooklyn keeping uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, which we should also add, is the fact that now you're hearing reports out of Los Angeles that the Lakers are kind of banding together. You know what I mean? Like Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Um, You know, there was that conference call report. I don't know if you saw that. I think it was Chris Haynes who reported that uh, they're dead set on working together and they worked things out over a conference call after LeBron snubbed Russell Westbrook at Summer League. Um, Darvin Han's been saying all the right things, but that's the other thing too, is you're starting to see that out of LA, the word is is that these guys are getting ready to work together. And I think that would give you an idea of what that's like in terms of negotiating for Kyrie.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that's damage control or if that's, that's legitimate. It'd be hard to believe they'd bring Westbrook back. I don't, boy, I I don't know about that. I mean, Um, talking about leverage,
0: they might not have a choice either, right? Like if they don't want to give up a second, first round pick, I mean, you're looking around going, all right, screw off, man. Like (laughs)
1: what else are you going to do? I think if i'm the lakers if i have to get even with all kyrie's issues if i can get kyrie i have to get him that's the one guy if i put kyrie davis lebron all at their best that's a reasonable team in terms of a contender at their best now they have to stay healthy but other than that these other guys don't really move the needle and westbrook look you're going to give up all these assets he's going to be off your books in a year and if you're not really a contender anyway is it really worth you know taking on randall's contract giving up all this stuff just wait it out you know and that, see in a year if you can just reset with his uh his salary off your books. That, that's what i say if you're really looking at this logically for the lakers i mean think about it like yes
0: and the, the thing that works against him is lebron is you know his timeline right because lebron's getting older but at the same time like you said we're all getting older uh, but you know if you look at it from that standpoint let's say they get Kyrie irving cool it's those three lonnie walker damian jones like it, right. it, when you're comparing them to the rest of the Western Conference where there's the Clippers, the Suns, the uh, Warriors, the Dallas Mavericks, the Denver Nuggets, like I, I still think again like you're start, you're floating around in that five four range and you don't even they're going to be underdogs to all those top teams in a series. I don't even know if that's worth it. like shipping off what little future assets you have to potentially be like a four seed
1: the only way i would do is if lebron and davis showed me early in the year that they were great that they weren't good you know last year they were even when lebron played they i think they had a negative point differential they did. you know negative net rating with lebron and davis on the court they had a negative net rating which is hard to do so i would have to see from those two guys hey these two guys are in ass kicking mode they they are you know davis is back to shooting the ball well and then maybe i'll go on and risk my future to to give this team a puncher's chance but other than that uh, it's not worth it because these guys aren't good enough to make it worth it. As crazy as that sounds.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Like, And you, the more important thing, Anthony Davis, Like, it seems like maybe he'd be on the verge of like a breakout season, as, as Anthony Davis could have one. But we're talking about like health, availability, and production. But since the Orlando bubble, like the three-point shot was falling for him in the Orlando bubble. Jump shots were falling for him. And it hasn't happened since then. Um, the availability hasn't been there for either one of them. I agree with you. And, and again, that's the other thing with Kyrie. Like, Even if you acquire him, what is the guarantee that Kyrie Irving, for lack of a better term, behaves, right? right? Doesn't all of a sudden in January go, you know what? The blood moon's out, bro, and I just I can't do this right now. <laughs> and, like, you know, it leaves for two
1: weeks. Like, you just have no idea. I didn't like I didn't like the uh, season finale. Better call Saul. I'm not playing for a year. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, any, uh, any futures you played? Last one before we get getting out of here. Any futures? Coach of the year, most improved player.
0: No, nothing. So I'm starting to look into those markets, most improved player and stuff like that. I will say, you know, um, if you look at like uh, the most improved player market and everything like that, I was actually texting with this that Ian McDonald is a listener of the network and really good handicapper. Um, I I am going to say that I'm going to shift the way that I start to look at these awards um, because I look at them almost a little too literally and analytically. You know, for example, last year, um, I'm sorry, but if you're looking at it just from a number standpoint, Tyrese Maxey was the most improved player of the year last year, right? It wasn't John Moran. It wasn't any of these guys. It was a guy like Tyrese Maxey, but because he's a second year player, he can't win the award. Uh, but I didn't really believe in that. And I, it was long shot. I got him at like 150 to one eventually closed in the range of 50. So it was a good number. Uh, but he didn't win. Like those are the kind of things that I, as a handicapper and everybody else out there should probably take to heart more that these voters aren't really looking at it the way that we are. Uh, they're looking at it more from a narrative standpoint and it's a little ridiculous, but that's the way it goes
1: um coach of the year I took a stab at Nash I think he was 30 to 1 and Mosley was like a 100 to 1 for the Magic just because look it's going to be hard for them to get into a uh, not a play in I don't know if they're like a 7 and 8 a play in spot could the Magic you know it's usually it's the coach for, for the most improved team or the team that most exceeds expectations so the Magic could be better I thought Mosley 100 to 1 look I I've made dumber bets and then Nash 30 to 1 the narrative that because it's not really about coaching. It's about narrative. He kept it together. Durant stays. They're, they're two, or, two or three seed. You know, they win 55 games. And then Nash is, uh, you know, lauded for how he kept it together. So Nash and Mosley are my two, uh, my two darts here. Yeah. Uh, for, in that award, so in
0: that market, I, the, the one that, that I had circled, uh, Dwayne Casey, I mentioned how good the Pistons could potentially be next year. And they really showed it at the end of the year. Uh, he's at 30-1, to one, and I think that's a mid-range shot that is definitely worth taking. And if you want a meaty-long shot uh, at that in that range, I will go with the same price but a different dude. Uh, Mark Dagonal is absolutely fantastic for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Their young core looks like it's ready to potentially take a solid step forward. And if they're going to compete for, like, the fringes of a 10-seed or something like that, which has the potential of Chet Holmgren kind of hits the ground running, um, then maybe all of a sudden you're looking around at the Oklahoma City Thunder, even if they grab a 10-seed potentially. That's that's a coach of the year worthy type achievement. So a hundred to one, if you want to look in that direction,
1: not bad. Although uh, Oklahoma City, I don't know if they want to win games. So if he coaches that well, they might have him kidnapped. So you yeah. never, you always have to worry about that. That's very true. They were a good day, man. Best cover team in the NBA last year. They might do it yeah. again this year. And they went over their total. The, I think the last week of the year, it was yeah. them versus the Blazers and like twelve guys you'd never heard of. It was basically like a. Uh, you know, what what are those uh it's not the NIT the one the CBI basically looks like a CBI game at the end of the year with Portland and Oklahoma City and they came from I think way back to beat Portland so
0: Or the uh, the TBT right that's coming up basketball yes. tournament you know
1: Yeah that's that's going on now boy there's yeah. a lot of uh so much basketball. You don't bet the TBT, do you? No, no. at this point of the year, I'm like, I love basketball, but I'm a little basketball out. You
0: know, this is the time to get ready for football. I'm writing conference, a uh, Mountain West conference preview for the guide and everything like that. So
1: uh, they can have the basketball tournament. My eyes will, they will not have my eyes. I watched it a couple years ago when there was no sports, because think about this yep. time, two years ago, we still didn't have sports back. I don't know what the day is off my head. No, we didn't. It wasn't until like the last week in July, we got Yankees nationals back. So we went till from the middle of March till, the end of end of July with nothing golf came back. I think around this UFC. time that was back. Yeah, UFC, um, you know Madden. Uh, there wasn't a lot. Oh boy, there don't take a... me back to those days doing interviews with Madden simulation guys and things like that. Oh, it was brutal. Who did you have for Madden for Madden guests? I,
0: I can't like. We, there was this, this. There was this group that we did. No, no offense to them because they, they did some work with V Sin. Um, but like there was this group that you would go on their website and you could you could bet, like, they would simulate games on Madden. So, like, you wouldn't even watch the games. They would just simulate, like, a thousand of them, I think, if I remember correctly. And you'd, like, bet on, like, the outcomes or something. I was like, ah, this is... For those who don't know, like, to take you behind the curtain for media, um, especially somebody who came up the radio and everything like that, there's a lot of times where, like, clients and stuff, you'll have to, uh, like, tape interviews with them to, like, hey, yeah, what's your... Dude, and I've done some brutal interviews, but that one was one that I was like, like, as I'm doing the interview and I'm asking, like, really interested questions... I'm like, what's the point of this again?
1: <laughs> you know, but you just got to ask the questions. Uh, that was, yeah, those are the dark days for sure. Yeah, the NFL NFL draft kept us afloat, but yep. then that got us all excited. And then once that ended, it was like, oh, we still got a long way to go here. Dude, I was,
0: and I enjoy the UFC and I enjoy mixed martial arts. Um, but for like a year and a half, I was deep in that, man. I, I had UFC fight pass. I was watching old fights. I was handicapping everything. Like, it was actually a pretty good year and a half for mixed martial arts from a betting standpoint for me. Uh, That has kind of fallen off since, you know, everything's come back and the work has kind of increased in other sports. But I did enjoy that. That was a good stretch of of mixed martial arts and UFC fights. I mean, to the point where, dude, I'm watching CFFC, like championship bouts. That's like cage fighting, fight club or something like that. To handicap like these dudes who are getting on the UFC rosters and stuff. It was
1: wild back in the day. The good old days. There will be, I guarantee there will be a 30 for 30 about that period of sports. The bubble... You know, baseball games with no fans in the stands. That October where we had you know the NBA Finals, MLB playoffs, NFL all at the same Crazy. time. There will definitely be about a 30-30 about that first few months back because it was just such a wild time. It's actually kind of fun now that you think about it because it was so much fun to get the games back. They had to deal with all the COVID nonsense in terms of, you know, games getting canceled, players being ruled out and stuff. Tuesday night football, but uh Dude. Boy, it's definitely, it's hard to think it's two years ago.
0: We had an NBA Finals game and, an, uh, and a Monday night football game in the same night that year <laughs> that's how crazy it was it was like was a saint it? yeah the uh, the heat and the uh the lakers that that october bubble that went pretty late and uh, it was like one of the first few monday night football games that it bled into that there was a night where you had the finals and i think it was the finals and the um it was either a sunday night football game or something it like that but yeah because yeah, yeah.
1: it was viking it was viking seahawks the night the, Vi- the vikings blew the game to the seahawks and the lakers won it all so that yeah. was yeah with the with Major League Baseball playoffs going on, with the ALCS yep. going on, the it same night, it was ridiculous, so, dude. Insane. It was too. It was actually too much. Yes. JVT, appreciate it, man. Let everyone know where they can find you. Uh slash jvt. Uh, me, JVT, up on
0: Twitter, and a quick shout um we are writing our college football betting guide that'll be out next week i'm in charge of the mountain west but we preview every single one of those conferences every single one of those teams win total opinions on every single team in college football from all of us here at vcin in terms of the college football writers so make sure you look out for that that'll be out sometime next week nicks hater jonathan von tobel appreciate you coming on man thanks for doing this as i always say madison square garden it's not what i call it it's the building above penn station
1: all right thank you guys for listening thank you to jonathan von tobel don't forget to download, rate, review, subscribe. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll keep doing baseball. NFL. We'll start to ramp up our coverage, our previews of the Jets, the Giants, the entire NFL. So looking forward to that. Thanks for listening. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.